Hello, everybody, and welcome to the new episode of Your Favorite Records. I'm Anders Nyberg. In this episode, we're talking with my friend Jack Christensen about his favorite album, or his favorite Liam Bridges album. I don't know if it's his favorite album, but uh, yeah, we'll go into that. This album is called Good Thing, and it's by Liam Bridges. It came out in, in two, 2018. So, Jack, um, why is this your favorite album? <laughs> Thanks, Anders. You know, it's hard to say one favorite album of mine, but thought I would pick this one because I think it would be a good one to discuss with you, with someone of your um, music nobility and <laughs> uh, expertise. Uh, I don't know, there's just always been um, good vibes associated with this one. I remember the Friday spring morning um, waking up uh, junior year of college to this. It was just, you know, paired with good timing. I um, was kind of wrapping up a tough year and um, my, my buddy, buddy Kevin, Kevin in our um, house at the time we were both into Leon so okay. I don't know there's just a lot of you know good memories when I it first came into my life and walking mm-hmm. to class on a nice Friday spring day breaking the winter is yeah it seems like, like it would be a good springtime album it's just like such lush production really warm and nice yeah and it really just kind of um you know, stumbles its way in, you know, it's, uh, Leon's one of those retro artists, but he's still a current artist, where it, it has this older sound to it. Yeah, we can get into that. Uh, so, yeah, Leon Bridges, um, songwriter, musician from Fort Worth, Texas. Um, he, first album came out 2015, this new one came out 2018. You're saying his, his vibe is, you know, a lot of retro stuff? For sure. And, you know, on Coming Home, his first album, it's mm-hmm. got even more retro in terms of more 50s and 60s. Uh, I don't know if it's Definitely. strictly Motown, but there's a lot of, you know, doo-wop in the background mm-hmm. uh, on that first album. Um, and that's going to all kind of be compared against in his, you know, this new album of his. Well, it wasn't at the time. Um, on Good Thing, where it's got bit more 60s and 70s aura to it definitely and um the maturity of you know the uh the decades that he's singing to also pairs kind of maturity with his lyrics it's a bit more for sure um you know introspective yeah yeah i mean it's i always like to look at that as well where you know you look if you're looking at this album it's important to look at the stuff that came before how that may have influenced this and where the trajectory is and that, that is interesting, you said you said like 50s, 60s stuff for the first album, this one's more 60s, 70s, or? Yeah, uh, generally. Now I'm no expert, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely picked up on a lot of that as well. Um, looking into the first album before we go into this one, um, I, that, that was my favorite, uh, Liam Bridges album. I didn't really give this one too much of a chance, but I just love that whole like neo-retro sound. Uh, 50s and 60s is just so, such a cool thing. And, Looking into it, I, I thought this was really cool. So for the first album, uh, he recorded it with a lot of like actual vintage like equipment, like all like, the guitars, the microphones, everything. And you can kind of hear that, which is pretty cool. And that kind of seems like sort of a like sort of like a thing that's kind of common in a lot of indie music, where at least these days, where you know like Black Keys and uh, like. Gary Clark Jr., a lot of stuff like that, you know, they record with vintage equipment, which is kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, great comparisons to make. Those are all, you know, those three are all in the same bucket. They're, they 
exist today, but their sound is, is more traditional rock for sure. Definitely. Um, other examples come to from that, and yeah, I was not aware of that. I'm impressed to hear that Common Home had such an authentic production to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so this album, just maybe we can start going towards uh, talking in a little bit of an overview of this album. Uh, Good Thing came out in 2018. Uh, what, what would you just, before we go into a song by song analysis or whatever, uh, how would you describe sort of the themes and just the general makeup of this album? Sure, yeah. A um, couple of big themes throughout this, and it's romantic relationships that Leon's had with um, at least two girls in this album, mm -hmm. and there's also callbacks to another girl that came before those two. Okay. That you could that I saw comparison to um, as Coming Home, his first album kind of concludes. Um, happy to dive into that, but that's really the main thing is there are a lot of love songs and yeah. other songs on this. There's also a few hints to um, old racial inequity. And then the third theme that's kind of called into is um, Leon does pay homage, but also um, some personal regret to, uh, to his to upbringing with his family. Um, yeah. And that's... That's in the last song, mainly. Correct, yeah. Um, and we can get into that, too. And it's um, a few things, too, but, and you kind of appreciate why it's left at the end once you kind of get, you kind of get to the story of the, the rest of the album. Mm -hmm. um, those are kind of the main, you know, themes I saw. And definitely. He, uh, and then, like, sonically, he definitely kind of jumps around a bit more. Um, overall, this album's a bit slower, but it's got, you know, three or four quicker ones. For sure. Um, you know, a bit jazzier and more R&B than kind of the more, you know, soul and, um, <laughs> you know, more, you know, original sound of uh, the first album, which maybe can speak more into that because I'm not really painting enough <laughs> characteristics there. No, that's, that's totally right. Uh, I know the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, <laughs> I was being annoying. I was like, oh, Leon's totally selling out. You know, he's doing just modern R&B stuff. I, I'm like, this, this is, this isn't what, what made him unique. And that was just such a dumb opinion. Look, looking back to back on that, like, so much of that sort of retro aesthetic that made him unique is still here. Like, almost even more uniquely integrated than in the first album, I think. Uh, where he kind of combines, you know, the retro sounds with more modern stuff too, which is cool. A hundred percent. Another thing noticed too is the songs on Good Thing are um, tend to be a bit longer and drawn out, um, mm -hmm. as well slower paced. But you compare it to Coming Home, and it's got a lot of just two or three minute um, quick cuts. And mm -hmm. you think back to what radio singles were um, in earlier times. Um, and that was kind of those shorter two-minute clips, and he kind of yeah. bounces around. That's another characteristic as to why I kind of see those, um, you know, decade <laughs> uh, splits. But yeah, definitely man. Yeah, um, two singles that dropped before the release, before the album were uh, "Bet It Ain't Worth the Hand." I think it's the opener. Yes, sir. And then uh, "Bad Bad News." Uh, um, out of those two, I mean, they're both very single. They're definitely singles, you know, looking at them. But oh yeah, uh, which of those do you like better, or, or 
Yeah, for sure. And you know, I'm I'll start with betting with the hand because it's the opener. Now, yeah, that opener I think came out first too. So you know, my first awareness of it, um, back in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it was 2017. I'm not sure when the single dropped, but yeah, betting worth the hand. Um, immediately you're met with such a change um, of production compared mm-hmm. to what you had on. on coming home it's got this aura with more emotional tone to it as kind of old movies kind of just have um it's almost i like to call it um sinatra effect where there's just this almost like twinkle to it yeah like there you know there's romance in the air and there's just a bit more emotion <laughs> and it has those yeah the, the string opening is just like yeah that's total sinatra for real and um i don't know it's just it's so hard to replicate but leon did a, a great, great job with it, it. um and yeah, yeah there's a bit more fragility that hints with it too so you right away to me i, I knew this was going to be a change um and especially compared to how this first album ends this final song out of the line just a really fast-paced piano and percussion one of those two-minute bits like i was saying earlier on the first album mm-hmm. okay. so the way he ends it is kind of him just realizing he's acting um poorly in front of his woman and but like the beauty of the song and the you know the enthusiasm he has behind the delivery is um, showing he's almost okay with that. You know he's saying things like just keep your mouth shut and get your ticket onto the next plan. And you can hear more Sam Cooke influences. Oh, for sure. Uh, Nick Waterhouse is a more current comparison for any of the listeners out there. Um, and you know you compare that to here, you know it's it's a way more slow down and you know the first lyrics are i better slow down you know, keep, <laughs> keep tripping on words yeah um you know he's kind of just looking more inwards at himself like reflecting on maybe i wasn't at my in my best um, composure there mm-hmm. and um uh, song moves on he's starting to wonder maybe i'm leaving here with nothing he's leaving this first town he finds himself in oh um and he kind of regrets that he can't be a man about it. He can't, you know, swallow his, um, well, it's not really pride, it's, it's a heartbreak. Um, and Bet Ain't Worth the Hand, it's kind of a bit of a card game reference, and he's yeah. kind of really just wondering, did I mess this relationship up? Um, did I take things too far? Did I take things too fast? Take things too fast, the speed of how he starts these new relationships, um, he toys with a lot. It's one of the central critiques he gives to himself here. Hmm. Um, and it really just concludes with, um, you know, he doesn't want to leave this girl, yeah. but he has to, cause it's the relationships no more, no more. And final thought I'll have is, you know, you don't want to get your feelings broke for nothing as he says, Yeah. but he wonders, maybe I'm leaving here with nothing. And that sucks cause he's leaving with nothing except his own broken heart. Um, yeah. you know, it, 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 you hate to see it. And in the background, his own lyrics are saying, I've been hurt before, don't want to be hurt no more. And hmm. kind of just sad boy, you know, tones as, yeah. as you kind of meet this new um, album and, you know, new vibe of him. What was your take on that's on That's that? interesting. Uh, I kind of took it, completely, took it completely different, but that's that's awesome. Uh, I, I kind of thought it was more, uh, he is starting to fall in love with someone and he they're like a good friend of his or something and he's not sure if it's worth risking the friendship uh you know betting on it to 
stuff like maybe try to make it something more mm. uh but i mean i don't know I, I i didn't look into the actual backstory but that's that's just what i took from it um yeah um but it's interesting how you can you know the way that it's con it's constructed you can look at it in different ways uh, for sure yeah i was kind of looking at it you know across this whole uh, discography and then as the album as a whole but i think you can look at one off i can definitely see what your point too mm -hmm. um, very cool yeah um i for me i i sonically i i really i don't know if this is true or not but this the way i took I took it was like it, you know it opens up with this this string arrangement it's like very cinematic and uh old school mm -hmm. i kind of thought that was maybe meant to be sort of a transition like this sort of was the original sound of the previous album and there's like sort of building up and then it's boom you know more 60s 70s r&b solo yeah. stuff um yeah and i mean you know i, I call it sinatra-esque which is more 50s and 60s so yeah good good uh good point and, yeah for sure you know going from that you kind of transition into bad bad news and the second single and second song in the album. I love when artists do that. When, you know, they drop two singles and you're like, hmm, I wonder where, how these will fit into the album. But, you know, they're, they're, at the, they're like one after the other on the album. So it actually, you know, you get a little bit of that picture of how the album might actually work. Exactly. You wake up New Music Friday and you just kind of step in with how you have already been introduced to the album. And then you're kind of in for, in for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, to sound like a 21st century <laughs> consumer. Um, but anyway, yeah, Bad Bad News, I just, I love the rhythm on this. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I said before, it's one of those ones that just kind of meets you um, wherever you are. You can kind of just get a good bop going to this. Um, oh, yeah, dude. It has a lot of warmth to it. Um, and you see Leon still got, you know, some of his confidence to himself. He, you know, he, he starts, starts off saying doesn't, doesn't have much but a heart of stone. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw that, you can, you know, taken from Bang Worth a Hand. His heart's been made that way from, from that heartbreak and other prior tough spots relationships. He's uh, a bit more mature about his approach. And he finds what I found to be a new love. And this love is tall, he says, <laughs> um, that he finds himself facing. Um, but he sees through her class and status, um, you know, to put it more plainly, him being out of this new girl's league, um, or, you know, tax crack, however you want to go about it. Doesn't where, where is that part of this? Lyric-wise? Yeah, yeah, where, where does he talk about that? Um, you know, I, it, it's just in that first third, I, uh, oh, okay. no, I don't no. have those lyrics, um, exactly to go, but it's around, you know, the powdered face on page. Oh, four. yeah, yeah. Um, kind of that, and then, the powder face is kind of the more where I drew that conclusion from. Yeah, totally. Um, and then moving down a ways, you, you know, he, this new love kind of, you kind of sure is, he, him as a new love can, keeps dodging his kind of directness because he's a very to the point guy. Um, and this was brought up in his interviews. Like he's a shy person typically around new people, but playing <laughs> his guitar kind of, makes him a bit more confident to be around audiences. Um, and you can kind of see that acted out here. And, um, you know, throughout this whole album, you find the background lyrics or the background vocals 
um, I find to be representative of of the girl he's interacting with mm-hmm. in that given song. So, you know, here is he's he's asking the girl, "Why are you trying to hold me back?" And then you know, there's response to I ain't, and then yeah. there's the other back and forth, and then he's saying, "I'm tired of being the back. Um, I'm just trying to move on up a little more of this, a little less of that." Yeah, um, and that ties into this back and forth of like a new relationship kind of trying to match and kind of break her out of her um come you know break her shell a bit trying to get a bit more rapport with her um but i also interpret her being in the back trying to move on up when you hear that and then you hear a follow-up lyric of they tell me i was born to lose Mm -hmm. but i made a good good thing out of bad bad news i don't know tired of being in the back trying to move up born to lose i see a bit of um the kind of first jab at just talking about racial inequities for sure. um which of course were at quite their height in the 60s you think moving you know who, who's in the back of the bus versus front of the bus um so i that's kind of where i, I saw that second theme uh first yeah. displayed yeah i didn't i didn't get any when i when i was looking at this i got a lot i definitely got a lot of that sort of the racial inequities and everything like mm-hmm. that. Um, and yeah, definitely that line right there for sure. Uh, but it seems like he's got a positive outlook about it. He's like very, he's like, he's, he, he, he recognizes that, you know, he's, he's gonna, he's very talented and he's moving up in the world and he's, he, he's able to, you know, get past these inequities and, uh, and help, but it's like, but he recognizes you know the systemic challenges and everything like that. Oh yeah, that's um, stopping him though. Yeah, uh, sonically, uh, very funky. Um, he's got sort of an Anderson Pack sound here, which is pretty cool. Yeah, good comparison. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, oh no, it's it's just got that nice, you know, walking rhythm to it. As best I can. I can oh yeah, it. for sure. Um, but. I love it. Um, it's one of, one of those ones you can kind of just go back to, even out of the album, um, just because of that beat itself. The saxophone sounds so cool too. Is oh it? yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, oh my God, I gotta point out the guitar solo at two thirty. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know if we can pull up right now, but like it's it's honestly insane. Like if you're looking for a cool guitar solo. I don't know who's playing there. Uh, I don't know if he's like just an insanely good guitarist, but like it's got like just really cool electric guitar. It sounds like so it could be in like a noir like '50s movie or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know with the jazz uh, backing. It's just so cool. That's right. Yeah, that is the signature part. He he does that more in songs like where he'll he'll let the instrumental roll out for a bit. Yeah. It's not as long as some, some other artists may do, but when he makes the point, it's uh, just a nice little. Uh, it makes me w- like wish for a live Leon Bridges album, or just to see him live. You know, what I mean. Oh yeah. As, uh, in in this day and age, you know, live music seems so far away. So, <laughs> I just anything I'd like to hear him just jam out and you know, play the song out over ten minutes or something. I oh, think yeah. it could totally work. I'd love to, and I can imagine, you know. How big that band could he can make that band for a live album because yeah. i'm sure it's plenty of instruments to get this whole album produced um anything definitely. more on that song 
You know, I don't. Um, and you kind of have to get into kind of the, the the meat of this album. We're kind of getting a bit more introspective on, yeah, for on sure. Shy. Um, yeah, because, yeah, these first two, they're good, you know, but definitely more commercially, like, focused, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Shy. What do you think about this song? The third song in the album. For sure. Um, you know, it's kind of in between these first two songs in terms of the rhythm it comes in at. Um, and, you know, it opens by saying, I've been loving with no meaning. You know that I want is you. Um, and that's Leon in his bedroom, playing some records, looking up at the fan, seeing the <laughs> fan moving around, just kind of thinking about where he stands with this new love he's found himself with. Um, you know, a position that plenty of us have found ourselves in. Yeah, very relatable. <laughs> trying to, for real, you know, just trying to make sense of it all. And, um, you know, he hints at kind of this familiar warmth of love coming back um, that he talks a lot about and covers on his on that first album. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's moving at a more of a cautious speed. You can kind of just tell in the rhythm songs going and, and what he's saying about it. Yeah, um, But he knows he's also... You know, not at his wits, you know, sharpest per se, because a time of night is hard to fight. Um, and like I brought up earlier, Leon kind of still describes himself as shy. Um, yeah. And he's encouraging the girl to be shy with him. Yeah. To kind of match him. Yeah, for sure. Kind of give him his personal spin. And yeah, there's more into it, but I'll uh, I'll let you jump in with your kind of early take on it too. Um. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, like. Love songs, like I get it, it's cool, but like personally, I I can't take a whole album of love songs too much. Like if that's it, you know, if it's just love songs, but like, but just the, the production on this album is just so good that I can just overlook that a little bit. And I mean, the love songs are also heartfelt. You can tell it's not just writing love songs to sell. Like, uh, and it's a cool spin on it, sort of the shyness, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um... You know, he kind of, and yeah, he does kind of want the lover to open up to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to not let his guard down, but you know, kind of despite that conclusion, he's like, all right, I'm going to go into this. I'm not going to move this too quickly like I did before and make that mistake that I've made in the past that left me so heartbroken. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, he, he's not, but at the same time, like, he, he feels like he wants to kind of take this chance and move it forward. Um you know, this girl's coming off a of standoff, she's in coy, but you can read between the lines, and she doesn't have to try, uh, as he says, which mm-hmm. is kind of back on what he had said in the prior song, he's kind of, he's kind of a straight shooter, um, and then there's kind of the echoing lyrics, or, you know, the back of vocals, strips up the girl, um, that's kind of, like, matching him, and he's almost one being hesitant now, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to rush this, and then there's three lines where, no, it's like okay, like let's um, let's see where this goes. Um, Crits like the doo-wop song from the, from Leon's original, um, and the doo-wops I can almost see as being um, already this agreed upon harmony between the two parties in those songs. It's kind of like you kind of find yourself in the romance, mm-hmm. and here he's kind of toying, you know, a stage before that of let's like let's figure out who each other are, like the two of us are. Should, do you want to do this? And then the point in this song towards the end where Leon's kind of conceited and there's kind of 
agreement that they want to start the relationship is shy it's all right you can be shy with me yeah um and that's kind of where they're locked in let's go and then um that's where you find yourself in beyond which is kind of the lovey-doveyest oh yeah sounding a, song of this that's a cool uh transition for that but yeah for, before we move on to beyond uh just a little bit about the shy like the sonic sound of music instrumentation of shy um it's just the mix is just insanely tight here like it's just so like you can tell whoever like did like the engineer sound engineer or whatever i don't really know the specifics of like how that works but it's just like sounds so good like it's just like it's just oh my god the drums and the guitar it just works so well together and everything is just balanced so well and it's just oh my god <laughs> it's, it's a slow jam for sure yeah it's, you can really picture because it's got that you know crispness mm -hmm. um of a record that you can see you know some 60s films i'm putting on and then like people slow dancing um in a room to it which is kind of what they're alluding to mm -hmm. um kind of the start of something here for sure it's uh I, yeah one of the one of the best produced songs on the album for sure definitely uh, beyond uh or are you ready to move on to the next song oh yes i am okay beyond uh this is probably the biggest song off the album i don't know at least i feel like it probably is yes I'd yeah agree. um it's a good song yeah it's oh, yeah. just a classic love song just awesome what do you have to say about it yeah and um you know it i remember when i first heard this it, it really stood out like you know he is just talking about the newfoundness excited being as a girl but um, it, I really appreciated how much he just wanted to express this. And even though he says, like, I can't put all my words to it, he, he does a lot of good similes and, um, you know, like shines me up like gold on my arm, mm -hmm. you know, just yeah. very classic metaphors. And um, it's great. And kind of just the boom, boom, like, I don't know, he just kind of, he kind of spills into it, um, which is great because he's kind of spilling into this, because this song is written like as he, as if he's on a phone call to his mom, breaking the news to oh, her. Oh, really? Um, yeah, you kind of confirm that when later on um, he says, you know, Grandma would have loved her, wanted to have made her her own. Mm. Um, and also, like, that's been confirmed other, like, reviews and stuff that it's, um, he's just so excited. He's like, Mom, like, I, I met this girl. Like, it's, you know, it's almost like he can't contain himself. Um, it's overwhelming to Leon. Her personality and everything is one thing he says. Um, another one that stood out, he loves seeing her in daylight, not just her bodies at night. You know, he's not afraid to be seen with her. And some people think, like, being okay with seeing someone in daytime is, like, the mark of, like, more dating beyond just hooking up um, in modern terms. So yeah. I'm not sure if he's going at that or not. But for sure, one way I can interpret it. Um, but at the same time, it's, this is so good. He's he's a little scared, too, because he's going back to those earlier premonitions. Um, you know, he's like, is she really the one? Um, I don't want to move this too fast and ruin this. Um, because he doesn't want to have that, you know, terrible thing he ruined as in the first song. Mm -hmm. um, so he's a bit more keen. He's weighing it out. And... You know, is he, being, he doesn't want to be a fool if he pushes things further, like, but maybe he should. He, he doesn't know because he's, 
you know, so many different things are kind of brewing within him. Um, and he's even jumping so far in himself as to wonder, like, will she be the wife of my children? Yeah. yeah. And, and beyond. Oh, yeah, song. for sure. Um, it says she might fit, which, I mean, like... Cinderella? Or... That's what I was thinking, too, because yeah. it almost sounds like it's got the twinkle, too, similar to Betty with the hand. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's... Um, ultimately, it's a lot of just, you know, falling in love metaphors but i i did appreciate like it, it did stand out compared to like, what a lot of other people can write definitely uh, especially when i remember when i first heard this so yeah, yeah um for sure i some of the things i thought about it um i i liked the whole idea of like it's like hard to put you know like the, these like emotions into words of like when you're falling in love because it's just yeah. like you know it's it's interesting it's like it's something that everybody goes through in life but it's hard to explain, hard to, you know, it's hard to know why it happens. It's just kind of interesting. And I, I like the way he kind of gets at that. Yeah. And uh, how, you know, he doesn't want to get ahead of himself, doesn't want to. <laughs> but but at the same time, uh, he's like imagining his whole future with this person. <laughs> it's just, it's funny, but it's also, you know, so relatable. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Because, I mean, and yeah, then I, I, I agree. It's, it, it is kind of that way. And. And then at the bridge, he's like, I give up, I'm in love, you know, like... <laughs> I was about to say that, and that kind of, you know, shows, like, signifies the... He, he lets his guard down, he's like, alright, I'm in love with her, like, I, I'm not gonna, you know, safeguard this anymore. Um, tying back to, like, the bigger progression of, like, the story of, of the of this album. Yeah. Um, uh, towards the end, uh, I don't know, I, I definitely hear, heard some, like, Prince-like falsettos coming from him. Oh yeah, great yeah. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I yeah. definitely, I definitely can see that. Good, good, good. Uh, good ear. Oh my god, yeah, I just love it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's beyond anything more. Anything beyond this point that you would like to say about it? <laughs> no, that, that's all I got. I mean, you know, I think everyone can relate to that song the most because it, uh, yeah, he taps into a good emotion there for sure. Um, yeah. And quite a different emotion is is met on "Forgive You" on, yeah. on the follow-up song. Um, oh, I love this song. Yeah, you know he's kind of it's a lot of sharp turns, especially in the first half of the album, and really throughout the album he kind of like will go into things are going good and then things aren't, and then he's regretting how things are going. Um, and this is one of those really sharp turns mm-hmm. because right away you get in and there's kind of a bit more of a I don't know if it's xylophone or something yeah but... it's yeah it's so cool what is it's maybe a marimba or something i don't know could be it, it's just it's just kind of looping throughout the song yeah i think yeah we know what this we're talking about we just can't yeah <laughs> um here our listeners out there would know please feel free to send an inbox to the member fan mail we all yeah. have fan mail uh <laughs> i'm just kidding we all want damn sure um yeah but yeah i mean this opens up you sort of just questioning why how we got into this you know did i not love you uh to keep your attention long enough like sort of like asking if he's stupid for getting into this and you know we kind of list out all the loving gestures he did for her and this is forgive you right yeah Yeah. you know he put a pillow on her head and yeah you know to the point of putting up with her white lies he doesn't really know what those are Mm -hmm. um he's like what else could i do and you're like man like (laughs) how like how you know how far has he gone for her? It's, yeah. Uh, 
maybe I would another listen to for it. And I'm, maybe there's context that he has shared about it. But I, uh, man, he just shifts really quick into. He feels like he's already made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, um, it makes me wonder. Based on the placement of the song, I wonder if this is the same love person that was he was singing about on Beyond, uh, maybe fell apart or something. I, I feel like it's, it, to me, it kind of sounds like it's probably not, but okay. I don't know. I mean, because, I don't know. Because obviously at this point, this relationship that he's singing about in Forgive You is probably over, right? And it, It's frayed, you know, you, because uh, even though it's like, he's like, he tries to accept her white lies, even though his friends are like, man, like, don't oh don't, yeah don't roll with this and mm-hmm. you know he's saying he's carrying all the weight um yet he'd rather like want to get to know her better and you know he keeps trying to almost um you know falsely sweet it to himself saying like when we're good we're great um and what's the i'm looking for yeah you know he's really like they're not seeing each other like he says like they are sadly still apart and they're mm-hmm. not on good like good terms but he wants to her to know that quote we're okay end quote like they are on better terms but i mean clearly like if they were they would <laughs> be seeing each other yeah um you know maybe he's like maybe we can get together someday um he, he just really hopes for that and it's he's kind of feeling that longing you know mm-hmm. he's like man like you kind of did me dirty a bit um and he has a bit more like he kind of exposes his more mature approach to it because like and that kind of dates back to coming home on the song Twisted and Groovin'. In that one song, he's able to confront the problem of his woman wanting to leave her, or leave him for another man. Mm-hmm. Yet he's able to kind of like dance it away and like, you know, kiss it better, um, as the saying goes. But here he's kind of more toying within his head and he doesn't want to let it slide because his instincts, which as he's displayed early in the album, are a bit sharper now. He doesn't want to give it up so easily. But yeah, he still does, so he's still not perfect. He's still kind of letting whatever those white lives were, because he knows that she's comfortable with those, as he says. Um, yeah. So it, I don't know, he finds himself in, in, a, in a tough spot here. Definitely, yeah. But it, you don't you don't really hear many love songs that talk about forgiveness in this way, like it was in love, even though yeah. that's such like a prominent part of it, I guess. Um, Very much so. I this might be my favorite instrumental on the album. It's definitely one of my favorite instrumentals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty unique on the list track list. Like it it doesn't really have very much retro aesthetics to it. No. It, um, but it works and it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like anything. Even though it doesn't have retro aesthetics to it, it also doesn't really sound like anything that I'm hearing from other R&B soul artists mm-hmm. today. So I don't know if I would, if I were Leon Bridges, maybe this could be a sound for the next album, something sort of like this. It could be. And, you know, it's been a lot of singles over the last year, year or two. And he gets a bit more modern. I mean, he's, he does integrate more, um, even like hip hop ish beats. Yeah. A little bit into that. So he definitely, we could talk a little bit more about this then stuff oh, after yeah. this once we're done with oh yeah this, definitely for sure but, um that is a good point we can extrapolate upon <laughs> <laughs> um i'd say you've done a long words. yeah wow <laughs> uh, <laughs> um yeah that's kind of all i had to say on that one i mean it's but yeah i think he does kind of point to uh you know one of those 
tougher parts of relationships is forgiveness because at some point like a lot of times one part's got to swallow their pride and, and concede a bit and it's it's tough it really is tough um and you know in in, in this case liam's seems like liam's been on the you know short end of it because he's he's literally locked out of <laughs> that old girl's house he is against that and we kind of find him in kind of a well it's an ideal stage in the next song lions um this is probably like one of the most like draw, probably the most drawn out like song sonically on the album. Lions, yeah. And um, you know he's opening with "Hungry is my state of mind." And he's saying how that love, you know, has in the kind of past tense left me high and dry. So right away you're like, man, like you tried to give benefit of the doubt, but now he's kind of in the stage of like, now I'm just salty about how that ended. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a bummer because it's, it's another contrast kind of of like, man, he wanted to try to make it work, but it didn't. And now he feels kind of upset about it. That's, yeah. how, that's how I found yeah, it. I, yeah. To be honest, I really didn't like this song very much. This is probably my least favorite song in the album. I, I agree, sound-wise. Um, and it's also what he's talking about. You know, he's, he's just like, he's, I mean, it's called line. And he's, he has a lot of kind of just simple metaphors of going down mm-hmm. to the watering hole and, because he's trying to just get some, you know, quick love, you know, some kind of one night stand if you want to be that explicit about it. But he's, you know, it's mainly it. But he also was alluding to he's praying every day, is what he says, uh, you know, for his new love. But at the same time, he knows he can't, like he says, he can't see the world the way that, you know, she does, or he can't be the man she wants him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, which. I mean, it's not directly enough, but, like, you you can maybe pair that to, like, racial equities, he will kind of, he kind of discuss on uh, Bad Bad News, perhaps, um, but, you know, it's not as um, explicit as, like, other songs that will make it out to be. Um, the other thing here, he's just kind of talking about how, when he's alone in his bed at night, his weaknesses come out, and just facing his frustrations head on like everyone feels kind of when you're going to bed like sometimes like things you're putting off your anxieties or forefront because you're not thinking about anything else from your day mm-hmm. um he keeps asking would you kill your own kind for love and i wasn't able to like carry that to anything um but maybe there's another um yeah, maybe that has to do with lions somehow. Um, I don't really know, but he's maybe definitely getting at something here. I didn't quite get it. Yeah, maybe there's the white lies on three of you. Yeah. Maybe it's not cheating, but I'm uh, again, listener questions. The box is open. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, not much really else to say. It's kind of one of those drawn out ones, and it's drawn out because it's kind of he's in a thing I don't really want to be in, so maybe that's why you want to skip this song on the album the most. Yeah, uh, kind of off topic a little bit, but I was just looking into sort of the producer on this album, Ricky Reed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't heard about him, but he is probably one of the most prolific producers working today, just looking at stuff he's worked on. Like, yeah, he's one of the producer, producer on Truth Hurts by Lizzo, uh, yeah. some Jason Derulo, some 21 Pilots. Some weekend stuff, uh, which is interesting, you know, like, yeah, uh, it's kind of like a wide variety of stuff, but obviously he can do sort of, you know, a little bit more indie type stuff like yeah. this too, which is cool. 
you know, I'm pretty sure Ricky Reed is like the main, like it's his song that better is, which is like one of the singles that Leon's been featured on really in the last year. And that has a more of that hip hop ish, like heavier beaten bass that we brought up. Uh, oh yeah. You're, you're completely right. I yeah. just found that. And Leon's mentioned him in, um, interviews, I believe. <laughs> so Anyways, sorry, sorry yeah, for going no, a little bit off no, topic. You're, you're but. good, man. I think we kind of had to add that there because I, I don't think we had much <laughs> else to. Um, on this next song, though, we kind of he makes up for for this slow drab because <laughs> um, if it feels good, then it must be. Oh, it sounds I good. Mean, yeah. Far and away, like this, I love this beat. This is probably my favorite song on the album. I think it actually is my favorite song on the album. Now that said, when you pair it to the lessons that Liam's trying to teach himself of don't move too fast in relationships. Um, you almost want to yell at him because he's like, if it feels good, then it must be bad in which I want you right. And you almost want to say, wrong, Leon. Like, you know better than this. Like, you've gotten <laughs> burned before by moving things too fast. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's a little bit quick. It sounds a bit more like the first album where he's kind of just, you know, in the moment, he's, you know, entranced. And he's like, you got my. I'm not sure if it's you got my attention or you got my intention, but either one would work. Because mm-hmm. um, I can just, you know, fast pace. I picture this is one of the dance floor. Girl he's just met, um, you know, dancing with him to the beat, you know, kind of down for just kind of good times. And that's what we're looking for right now. It's you mm-hmm. saw online, he's like, he's single, he's kind of just looking to get um, some action, you know, <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, say you will, say you might. You have to act so serious. He's a lot more upfront than he was on like shy. He's happy and you know. He's grooving. Yeah, he's in the moment. He's being a lot more upfront. Um, you know, and he's not used to that. He says, "I love, my, I love, I used to." But yeah, uh, I'll let you jump in there. But yeah, I, I love the song, the sound of the song. When I view it within the album as a whole, you're kind of like, "Nah, man, like you're going down the wrong path again." But, <laughs> I'll let you go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, like, we, we talked a little bit about how this song, more than, you know, sticking with 50s or 60s, this is kind of, you can tell it is influenced by previous sounds, but more more varied uh, which sounds he's influenced by. And this one definitely seems sort of 80s, 80s funk, 80s yeah. soul, I don't know. Sure. Uh, it's because like it's got the really cool synths on it and very danceable, um, okay. but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really have much to say analytically about the lyrics here. I mean, it's not they're not bad. They're they're good, but yeah. pretty straightforward. Um, Definitely. Um, the, the two more things I'll add is just um, he's saying if this if this is wrong, then nothing's right. He's kind of like, like trying to justify. Like, like moving quicker in his mind a bit, you know, to act so serious, but like a further answer from like trying to justify it. Um, and like in, I think it was Bad Bad News, where like, like he kind of just lets an instrumental play out a bit longer, one because it sounds great, mm-hmm. um, but also like you know, the energy of another newfound love that you kind of click with right away, you know, like earlier in his life or, you know, production, it's kind of just like kind of just lets the music do its job. Um, <laughs> So, which, yeah, I mean, overall, great song. Another one of those ones that takes me back to, like, listening to when I first heard it and just, like, yeah. you know, walking on a spring day, like, 
you know, kind of sweet, feeling good. Um, leave the lyrics or, you know, you're like, I don't know, man, like, what's going to happen? Like, don't get yeah. your arm broken again. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a cool aspect of this album. You know, he's so, he just lays out his personal emotions, how he's feeling. You know, you can really kind of get an idea of, of who he is, of you kind of like, feel like you're his friend almost you know yeah 100%. yeah he's open he's yeah. opening up here but he's making it fun for you to you know travel travel, travel through it with him. him it's like yeah we're all rooting for, rooting for you man <laughs> for real <laughs> um yeah it's cool um, um so, like similar like, like you don't know it's a bit slow down compared to if it feels good then it must be bad but still overall one of the faster songs another one of those ones that like I like to just come back to, even if it's on like a playlist, out of shuffle. Another one of those kind of pep in your step ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just brought up kind of the juxtaposition of lyrics that you know might result in a bad outcome for Leon with a very upbeat and happy, um, you know, beat or sound to it. Um, and he's kind of, kind of listing off you know, the pain that this new, new girl that he's just met in the dance floor is putting him through. It's like, you don't know the things that you do to me. And that, and those things include overthinking, you know, like, saying, I'm, she, like, you might just change your mind, quote, but then, and then he's, he fears that, you know, this, like, if this new girl may change her mind on the relationship, mm-hmm. is one way I can interpret it. And then he's hanging on her words, don't care if they're lies, which is like very, gets more, it gets even more explicit. Like Leon definitely has learned his lesson from earlier on in the album that he's trying to meet, you know, so he continues to forgive you, you know, like earlier. But in this case, these are direct lies he's forgiving. They're not the white lies that he was forgiving earlier on. So, and he's like, got me feeling like, woo. You know, oh yeah that you like those are great oh. like slides but you're also like wait but you think about the lyrics like got me feeling like, ooh like he's like is he actually like wincing in pain <laughs> is it is it that explicit i mean it, it could be um but at the same time like he's okay with it because he's saying find that fire set it free um and like the last surrender is you know he's saying like towards this like anytime any place anywhere you got it so he's like hey girl like you've got my love even if that's blind love, and I'll listen to anything you tell me to do. So he's okay with, um, you know, anytime you want to give it to me, he's kind of like, I'm I'm okay with being, I don't say being used, but like he's, it's kind of showing like he's, he's surrendered and like he, he hasn't put any controls on this, um, even though he's, it seems like he's trying to perfect that earlier on. Yeah. <laughs> I, another, last thing I have to add, I mean, this sounds great. Uh, I'm sure everybody has a cool take on it, but for some reason, the, the, he has like this effect on his voice and part of it, and I think it's kind of weird. It, it, it seems like it's not like a pitch shift or it's not really like anything like that, but I don't really know what he's going for with it, and it sounds kind of weird in my opinion. But other than that, this song is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe that's from the, the pain that he, he doesn't really realize he's been subjected to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then we're kind of, you know, we had some nice kind of um, high pitch and like faster moving songs, and then the last two songs sound kind of slowed down a bit again. 
uh, uh, going that, that you know, going to get a bit more introspective and maybe yeah. more critical on his, uh, you know, love life decisions. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, his child misses, so. Well, you don't know is the next time. We just talked about you don't know. I think. No, we just talked about it feels good, didn't we? Oh, I was going into you don't know. That oh, I didn't catch that. So yeah, oh. you don't know things you do to me. Oh yeah, sorry. I for some reason I completely yeah, spaced out there. I mean, I like to like. No, no, your defense, like, like I bleed those two songs together a lot because okay. they're both similar beat, but I'll, well, I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, so I definitely, <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're talking about you don't know, uh, the stuff I was talking Honestly, about. I didn't know. <laughs> I, I did not know. Uh, the, if we're talking about the effects on his voice, that was in reference to if it feels good, not you don't know. Because you don't know, seriously, this is probably one of my favorite songs in the album. <laughs> I do love it. The bass line is just so good. It just gets me, you know? Um, and yeah, that that uh, very purposefully princey, like Prince uh, on the outro of the song, where he's just yeah. kind of going on like, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> there's the... Uh, the retro synths and guitar and everything, you know? The guitar on, the, on this one's so good. And that's it, what makes my second favorite song, is it just, oh man, I want to just put on like... Not the answer, I forget what they're called now, but like whatever those retro shoes are called, like I don't know. It, it it's great. I love this <laughs> beat. Oh, and uh, another very Prince thing that's going on in this song is uh, he's got the like the sort of like spoken harmonies. You know, like he says something, he like, sings it, and then there's like a little bit of like a spoken uh, harmony to it. Uh, yeah. Uh, which. And that could be. I didn't pick up pick up on it in this one, but like. Anytime you want to give it to me, or like anytime he plays, like that that may be like you know the back of vocals are trying to represent like the girl like hey like you know anytime you get like I'm I'm here I'm here to you know take this further. I think this is the most underrated song in the album, in my opinion. Oh yeah, I I I, uh, I agree, man. I mean like this is like I said like my second favorite beat because it's just kind of boom boom. I don't know. It, it's just yeah. Yeah. You want when you're I don't know. You want just. Yeah, <laughs> that's my groove. Yeah, so, so now we're on the second to last song, uh, Mrs. Yeah. So, um, what do you have to say about Mrs.? Miss. So, obviously it's called Mrs. So you kind of can assume from that you're in the context of he's married now. It's kind of you know we've kind of jumped forward a bit as we did from between the song Beyond to Forgive You. Here we've kind of jumped into early on in the marriage to, or early on in the relationship to now we are married. Um, you know, like I brought up, like he's, when he's slowing down, you know he's gonna be reflecting on things a bit more and um, starts hitting at how the relationship's toxic pretty early on. You know, he says, mm. I try to let you go, but we end up on the floor. And then you try to leave when I need you the most. Like he doesn't really trust her, he doesn't give her space. and. You know, those things kind of just like hints at that if he's not letting her, I don't know, work on her own schedule or whatever he's alluding. Um, then he's questioning, what are you holding on for? Like, he clearly has doubts um, about like the uh, legitimacy of their relationship. Um, but then he's reminded of why he got into it, quote, when, quote, you climb on top of me and I remember, end quote. Um, <laughs> and he gets more and more explicit, but it's just saying how their attraction is mainly physical. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of goes back to if it feels good when they're just dancing, no one's watching, like it was fun. And, I mean, he says in this song, it's like, you're like skin to skin, like is what feels 
good about his relationship here. And yeah, um, you know, he also like says she thinks that I think he, she's love of my life or to that effect, which doesn't. He's not, but he's not saying like. But I, I think she's love of my life. Like he just has a perception in her eyes, mm-hmm. which shows a you know an imbalance of appreciation for each other and says her shoulders are getting cold um and you know kind of misses 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 it's all that's being echoed by the back vocals in this one so i interpret that as it's showing that you know their relationship is only held up by the title but that the title's really the only thing that's holding them together mm-hmm. um for sure because now he's kind of realizing like man like i need like towards the end of the song i need a little bit of that talk of that love and that touch that's the everything he needs he needs all three of those but he's only really getting that touch from this Mm -hmm. so he's kind of realizing man like this is not pure love um like he may have felt before and you know beyond so that's that's why i interpret the lyrics yeah definitely um i'll let you i didn't really at this point honestly this is i don't know if this is my bad or just how i listen to music this with albums like this uh i love this album but i definitely towards this point i kind of started to sort of turn off from the lyrics you know started because it's all like love songs and they're they're great uh but i was more interested in you know the instrumentals production and stuff Mm -hmm. like that uh yeah i agree with you man like it was more for this review i wanted to just study you know the lyrics and you know it's slow down so we can kind of you can focus on those but it's yeah. not like i don't turn back to this song like i would on the previous two we just talked about for of sure course. um i i feel that so yeah it's, it's kind of like and maybe it might be that you know they're maybe later on in life you know yeah when you're later on in life things move a bit slower you know you're spending more time reading the sunday paper than going out to brunch is one comparison i don't know you know you know yeah. yeah maybe that's it um i like how he's conveying his emotions with his voice in this song it it kind of reminds me of frank ocean like it, it really has that sort of sound where he's you, you can just feel sort of like his fragility and everything and just sings it in such a cool way Appreciate it. and um the instrumental uh, it's good it's it's really stripped back in comparison mm-hmm. with a lot of the other stuff and then going to the last song is even more so but yeah it's a good song i like it yeah yeah, this last song, man, it's... Uh, Georgia to Texas, yeah. It's a good one. I like this one. It is. Um, it's a uh, change in subject um, in many ways because it's not... It's hardly a love song. It's, um, yeah, what is he singing about here? He's singing about a couple... It's, it's mainly about his family and, and probably his mother, um, but it's other people that kind of shaped his life early on. And then as you see earlier on, or later on in, the, or in this song... Um, leaves it open and he feels like he didn't fully live up to some of their expectations um, showing how he's imperfect and mm-hmm. then you hear that and then you think on the last couple songs of you know mistakes in main relationships is this is this Leon trying to tell us here's here's what I think from my childhood like here's what I think from that that time in my life mm-hmm could be the reason why I'm having these issues. Um, Cause I maybe not wired 
certain way. Um, and there is also racial inequity and um, just the black experience that he talks into too. But um, I'll get into more of the specifics now. So 504 black girl carried me to the land of the peach. Um, so it's 504 black girl a lot. You um, Peach meaning Georgia. Yeah, peach, yeah, peach is Georgia, land of peach. Um, and 504 black girl is his mother. Um, and talks about how her birthing pains made, you know, kept me, kept me low. Um, but then she held me high on peach tree road. Um, got my mother's eye, my father's nose. Maybe there's symbolism there, but it doesn't really extrapolate upon it. Um, at first I wondered maybe his father left him, but then later on they're talking about road shipping from Georgia to Texas and their move and it's in their father's car. Um, Maybe the father did leave though, because they don't. I don't know if they say that the father was driving or not. Um, but um, yeah, he was born in uh, Atlanta, right, or in Georgia. I yeah, and, well, uh, at least Georgia. I'm not sure in Atlanta. And but he then, moved to Texas when he was really young. And they were broke. You know, had no green. The love was strong. Love strong in their family. Um, the love was all they needed to their family along. Is how it goes and saxophone here is really somber and one of the bluesiest mm -hmm. i think that it gives on um the album in terms of like just raw kind of like going back like miles davis-esque yeah bluesy. um yeah. and you can kind of picture yourself on like maybe they're on some porch and maybe it's a dirt road in Atlanta, and they go to texas to kind of you know chase a bigger american dream maybe things are a bit you know commercialized and he says, you know, left ATL yeah. for the for the Texas wave, um, and they and then he says, this is where it kind of confronts the racial inequity straight on. Like I felt short of true of what true blackness was, um, you know. And there's, I'm sure there's a lot more behind that, and maybe we'll see more of that on this new album. And you know, I think it would be well timed if he was more. Um, you know, direct on that if you were to release his next album soon, just, you know, over this last, current events of this last year. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another road we go down. Yeah. I mean, um, but that's like kind of one perfection that he's comparing himself to. Like, I went through perhaps a, and I looked like reading this, like maybe he went through the Texas education system. Maybe it was whitewashed um, what he learned growing up, and maybe that, you know, distorted his view of himself as what his true like ancestry should be which is what he should be proud of um so that's kind of the first uh, critique he gives himself and then there's mama taught me the righteous way he tried then he quote went astray and mm -hmm. then he goes and references um basically getting a stripper for himself in an oklahoma motel yeah kind of he, he's sinning um, against kind of the whole. Yeah, because his, his mom taught him that. Yeah. Ha, yeah, exactly. Um, and then Kyrie, he talks about Tommy. The, I looked this up. Kyrie Reynolds was this girl uh, who taught him how to play guitar in college. Okay. And then he sh he's sharing other interviews, playing helped get him out of his comfort zone. Um, and Leon, I kind of brought this up already, but Leon says he's still shy around new people, but the guitar is what got him comfortable being out in front of crowds and hmm. so that and he's kind of you know he kind of he's almost offsetting he's like he's giving a shout out to 
Kyrie um, for kind of like things for me the guitar to kind of express myself despite my imperfections. Um, I wonder if Kyrie's any of these girls that he's sung about. I'm yeah, not, I don't know. I'm not sure. He, I haven't found anything on that. Um, and then you know, it's kind of he kind of ends this song and ends the album um, by saying 504 black girl, you know, repeatedly and. Wait, so what, what, do you, I don't know if you talked about it earlier. What, what is the significance of 504? So I, it, I think, I'm pretty sure it's just... Area code, or...? Maybe it's that, or it's 5 foot 4. Oh. He's just saying 504. Okay. Maybe 504 five is the area code, I'm not sure, but I figure 5 foot 04 black girl, in reference to his mother. Oh, um, yeah. Who carried him, you know, to the land of the peach. Um, you know, the way he's saying it in the kind of tone the repetition of it you know he, it's almost like he's saying my mom my mother worked so hard to lead me on this good and holy and moral way mm-hmm. um and he's almost expressing like i feel like i've let her down and like i've already brought up like it's just the reason why i'm bad at finding the right lover um or making a relationship stick like maybe i don't have enough of a moral code to like find out who the right kind of person is so it's you know kind of a very sad ending to it and he's trying to offer explanations like here's why i think i might be having trouble still finding the right love that's yeah. that why i found him ending it so not the happiest way to end it um but again i mean as we brought it like this album's kind of him being more real to himself and him being critical and of his shortcomings so yeah that's true that's a good way of ending it um i got one more thing to say just yeah, like uh, I just like the instrumental on this one as well. Uh, it's pretty much just drums and maybe it kind of sounds like it might, might be Barry sax or something. It's some type of saxophone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it just really works well with sort of this autobiographical um, way to tell this story. Uh, but yeah, that, that pretty much finishes off the album, uh, unless you have anything more to say. No, that was you know all I had on it, but I'm... You know, we can get into more other Leon topics, but that was kind of my take on good thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. It was. Uh, what would you say to somebody that hasn't heard this album or hasn't heard much Leon before? Like, would you? What would you? How would you describe it? Or... <laughs> so, I think when you say Leon Bridges, to someone not too familiar, "Coming Home" and "River" from mm-hmm. the first album come yeah. first. And those are kind of the epitome of like the, he he he's current, but he sounds like he's from the fifties or sixties. And to this, I would say, um, this is when you take your single um, that maybe your grandparents would play more, and this is more what your parents might have played when they were going through yeah. college and having a bit more reconciliation and having um, more of a sense of self. And just kind of going along with, um, you know, where the crowd goes. Like it's there's a lot more individualism to this, and it's a, it's a lot more just pretty opened up. At the same time, you get really good ballads and you get really good dance songs. So, I mean, I've I've played this at you know dinner parties for when my parents have their friends over and they dig it, and people our age and our you know people in our in their twenties dig them too. So all to say. Leon has range. He's very well known. I think he deserves even more notoriety. Um, 
and I'm I'm very excited to see where he can take his voice because he's, um, as we brought up, you know, he's got a lot of ways he can sound better. You know, yeah, that, that song better too. Like that even it kind of continues the <laughs> for sure the heavier beats. How about how about your take? Um, yeah, so I mean. It is interesting how he's always channeling from the past in a really creative way. Um, and that's kind of sort of, I wouldn't say it's like his shtick, you know, it's not like the only thing that's going for this, but that is like a really cool aspect of Leon Bridges. And he's got a really great voice, really cool production going on. Excited to see where he goes next. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, if you haven't heard him, it's worth checking them out for sure. Yeah, and I think another point is, I think a lot of people could enjoy him because it's, you know, it's simple and relatable themes. It's mm-hmm. a lot of love songs and um, basic reflections on self, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Excited to see where he goes next. And speaking of that, maybe we can talk about some of his stuff that he's done uh, post-2018. So, uh, mainly singles. He hasn't dropped an album since then so he's done oh he did he dropped a few singles he did one with luke combs i guess which is kind of cool i haven't heard that one um i did not catch that yeah in 2020 he opened he started off this year with a collab with krungbin which i think they're also from texas they're sort of like a a world music jam band uh they draw from you know a ton of yeah they are from texas they draw from stuff, you know, Asian, uh, and then Indian music, stuff like that, and then also just American stuff, and the, they, they have some lyrics, but it's mainly just sort of jammy stuff, and they dropped an EP with Liam Bridges this year, uh, called Texas Sun, uh, Texas Sun is lead single, it's good, the rest of the album's really awesome too, um, but I feel like they could have gone further with this collab, to be honest, uh, have you heard it? You know, I've heard Texas Sun. It's on a few of my playlists. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll be frank, I was not aware this became a EP. So Midnight Seaside Conversion. I'm not graced my ears. I might be doing that right after this podcast recording. Um, well, Ad is just going through his singles. Um, you know, since 2018. Oops. Um, difficulties since being 2017 leading up to you know, before this album I'll just go ahead and list off some people he's collabed with just to kind of um, validate him to, to people John Batiste and Gary Clark Jr. Oh yeah covered Ohio with uh, which is um, Crosby Stills Nash and Young I believe a one of the best of. like protest songs of all time and Leon's brought in interviews before that um, Crosby Stills Nash and Young was an influence of him, especially on the first album, mm-hmm. which I love. That's I mean, cool. I didn't know that. Growing, I mean, I grew up listening to So Far, which is you know, some of their greatest hits, and Ohio's right up there. And you know, I do recall. Uh, you know, I do recall. What's going on over there? Technical difficulties. Yeah, it appears I'm uh, getting a call. I apologize to our listeners on that. All right, we got to scrap this. Um, scrap this episode. And. Uh, yeah, and just moving on from that, like, DJ Loaf is also collaborated with um, some more of the I don't know who that is. alternative hip-hop crowd out there. Hmm. Um, and then Luke Combs, as Anders mentioned, 
Noah Cyrus is very big. Um, very popular. I don't really know much more about him, but like the big name, mm-hmm. John Mayer, he's probably yeah. the biggest it's a cool name. Cool quarantine song. Yeah, early on in quarantine, you know, some 10, 11 months ago. Uh, Sweeter, his song, uh, his other 2020 song with Terrace Martin is pretty cool. Terrace Martin's sort of like really cool producer uh, in sort of like hip hop, R&B, modern stuff. So yeah. it's cool to, that he's experimenting with different producers too. Maybe he's trying to figure out what he wants to do for the next album. And 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 like just the last one, I mean, he's on a new song with Diplo. And like Diplo's been doing a lot more of this. Damn, I didn't know that. to become the EDM cowboy and... <laughs> but Leon to become the newest one, like I think, is pretty cool. I mean, you could argue sellout, but um, for the EDM heads out there, I mean, Diplo is one of the early guys who helped bring that genre back to the forefront. And so it's an EDM song with Leon in it. Well, yeah, but Diplo can also produce. It's not sound like it's, this is no Skrillex, you know, mm-hmm. bangering um, bass drop. It's it's still he can still match Leon's song, but the name Diplo is. Another one that might, you know, pique your ear. A, f- um, a few things. Oh, sorry. Are you done with? I am. Yeah. I mean, it's like compared to like what we just talked through. Like it's, you know, there's there's not as much thought that goes into. Sort of going into that, you know, with the Diplo, the he's he's done. He did. He was on the newest album by one of my favorite bands, the Avalanches. Uh, he was on this uh, song Interstellar Love, and then they sampled one of his earlier songs on Joe's Story, Part Two. But yeah, it's cool. It's really sort of like a sample-based album. Um, cool that he was featured on it. It, his, it worked well, even though it's very different from what he's done on his albums. Um, he was also on the movie, in the movie First Man. He was playing um, Gil Scott Heron, which is like an early uh, spoken word, sort of hard to define genre-wise, but... He did that Revolution Will Not Be Televised song. It's his most famous song. He also did uh, Whitey on the Moon, which is, you know, critical of U.S. government sort of sending people to the moon when, you know, so much, so many people are struggling. So many people were struggling at that time in like low income communities. And it's like, oh, this is what you're investing in instead of actually investing in people that need help. And uh, so he played Gil Scott Heron performing that song in that movie, which is pretty cool. Man, I did not know that, but yeah, you know, I think my eyes are gonna for a bit there, so and maybe just to go through to summarize up to people. The Avalanches, Casey Musgrave's Christmas show, Odessa. Oh you like Odessa a lot, don't you? Of course. Um Diplo, um Ricky Reed, the producer we brought up, Sean Mendez, Common, um to name a few, and then all the other, Luke Combs, DJ Loaf, John Batiste, Gary Clark Jr., John Mayer. This man, this this guy's already been all He's across going places. the board. So I'm I'm excited to uh, to see where he he takes off here. All right. Um, just yeah. thought that's worth bringing up to people. Um, make up for what may have been lost from a incoming call. Oh. Um, just to be fully honest with our gigantic member base. Um, yeah. but. Leon Bridges is for sure a good thing, and, um, <laughs> you know, if you're ever just going through the fields or just having, you know, relationship problems, throw him on, he'll meet you right there, it'll kind of feel like you're, uh, you know, 
like you're back at your childhood house with one of your, you know, parents' old records on, perhaps. At least that's that's what it invokes within me, and uh, that's why I just keep up with the sky. And I'm, I, I love that we have, you know, in, in a time where a lot of pop music is is hip hop or electronic dominated, there's still there's still room for for good old instrumentation and good old soul music. Definitely. Yeah, well, I think that pretty much does it for this episode. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, anything more you'd like to say, Jack? Um, no, I mean, I, I was happy to be on here. Hope I can be back at some point, and um, hope you all, you know, subscribe on whatever podcast app you listen to. Um, <laughs> great. <laughs> well, right. everyone have have a great week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. See, see you next time. <laughs>